Stairway to Sevens, Episode 3. I'm Liam, he's James. Thank you for tuning in again. This week we've got a pretty massive show, but before we start, I have to thank CJ Beats again. He's killing it on, on the beat. And again, look, if there is an MC out there who wants to spit some hot fire on that on that beat, we're more than willing uh, to listen. So there's that. And then the last uh, the last person we need to thank is uh, thecover.com.au. So they're backing this whole thing, this whole crazy venture. So I appreciate it. Uh, check it out, thecover.com.au. There's plenty of content, um, mostly written by myself at this stage. But uh, there's a couple of good things up on there. So how you doing, James? It's been it's been a week. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. And uh, we got our rematch. It just it was for third and fourth, not Yeah, not not the results we wanted. In Dubai, but yeah, certainly got our rematch, which was which was good. So I guess for those of you who were listening last week, James and I picked Australia to beat New Zealand by sixty points uh, in the in the gold medal match, which slightly off, slightly <laughs> off. But we also picked Hanaway to have a really good tournament. Yeah, and true. and I think and Melly Ashby too. Yeah, and I think uh, if you look at if you look at those two girls and 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 even Faith Nathan. As well on debut, they were they were fantastic. That that first step from Georgia Hanaway to score first Unreal. try, first touch, unbelievable. And again, you know that really highlights the development pathway that that that's been created here in Australia. It's it's awesome to see at 19, two three girls come in and 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 be valuable valuable contributors. So look, in case you missed it, uh, Australia was unfortunately uh, knocked out. In the quarter, Canada really came out to play. They, I think they ID'd. It sort of looked like Australia were playing quite a narrow defensive structure, so they were really trying to force the ball to the edge. And Canada obviously ID'd that, played with some really good depth and, and started started to really hit those wide channels. Um, and I think, you know, they did it pretty successfully. Yeah, and, and they were pretty successful at getting it to the edge because they were playing with deep, with depth and then really coming onto the ball at speed and, and making those those narrow girls really square up and not give them time to get out to the edges. A lot of teams, when they played Australia, we, we were quite successful as they were playing quite flat footy and just catch pass, catch pass. So we were able to slide off. But, yeah, the teams that, that dominated us really held their depth, played with good speed and, and preserved the space on the edge. And really tried to, to get in behind us. So they ID'd we were playing with a sweeper. So really tried to get in behind us and then flood that inside channel to force that sweeper or those cover defenders to make a make a call. So all credit to Canada. That was that yeah. was pretty impressive from them. Yeah, and then uh, we also tipped uh, France to be the other top four team, which didn't quite eventuate. They finished um, fifth in the end. So not bad. Three out of four. The I'll order the order I'll was wrong, it. but um, and then the other thing that's worth discussing just quickly is. The, the dream team, so the team they picked, the best seven. So I thought Shani Williams was unbelievable, yeah. if not best in the tournament, very, very close. Yeah, she's she definitely playing with a bit more swagger at the moment. She had she had a pretty successful um, Aeon campaign with us sort of around that Glendale tournament, but you sort of you tipped her last week to, to get a bit more notice around the way she plays the game and all the little things she did. She did them 
to another level and then on top of that added a bit of flair a bit of exuberance when when she carried and she was unbelievable yeah i'll put up a gif of that dummy that she threw later but that was unbelievable break down the middle and then just to throw a dummy like yeah yeah jovi special that one (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Jovi, if you're listening, that's that was all him. He took he uh, he's our S and C coach. He taught her everything she knows with the dummy. So, well done, Jove. Uh, the other the other one I thought was uh, super super deserving was um, Ruby Tui. Yeah, from New yeah. Zealand, she was absolutely fantastic through throughout. But she was really big in that final. Yeah, she was, and she did a lot of those a lot of those dirty jobs in the middle. And you know, whenever. NZ were battling or going backwards. They sort of just gave her the ball for a strong carry and she, she got them back on the front foot and then, you know, created a lot of space on, on the edge for one of the other NZ Dream Team girls. Yeah, look, the rest of the Dream Team obviously really deserving. All, all seven of these girls had un- unreal tournaments. The, those were just two that I certainly enjoyed uh, watching through, throughout the duration. So the rest of the team is Shani Williams from Australia, Ruby Tui from New Zealand, Emma Tonegado from Australia, Stacey Wacker, also from New Zealand, Christy Kershey from the USA, Brittany Ben from Canada, and Chislaine Landry from Canada as well. So really well done to those girls. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if they can carry this form into the next tournament, especially given it's a it's a back-to-back. So with that in mind, Cape Town preview. Uh, the pools are obviously seeded a little bit differently this time with – the results from the last tournament. So New Zealand, Russia, Fiji and South Africa are in Pool A. Canada, France, Spain, Brazil in Pool B. Pool C is USA, Australia, England and Ireland. And looking at that, I think Australia is is really going to have to play some good footy to get to get out of that pool. Yeah, I, I definitely think we, we tipped England and Ireland to sort of be those two best third place teams in, in Dubai and they were probably a little underwhelming in the way they, they played. Very inconsistent and, and didn't have a lot of great flowing attack. But I think leading into Cape Town, they'll want to really turn that around in a, in a pretty short training week. And then obviously we've got USA in the pool as well who who touched us up in the, the bronze medal match. And yeah, and, and you'd have to imagine that that'll probably be the, the toughest pool game, you know, out of all three pools moving forward. And, and the way... That result goes really sets up how how difficult the, the quarterfinals may prove for us again, and it, it really highlights that currently on this series there's very few there's very few opportunities to succeed, and you've really got to you've really got to make the most of each one. So if we look at it, let's let's have a look at our let's see if we can pick the the top eight. We were not too far off last time let's see given now two tournaments worth of footage and and having watched a lot of sevens over the last few months let's see if we can sort of far figure out what that top eight's going to look like so let's have a look at pool pool a so we'll go through the pools we'll pick the top two in each pool and then we'll look at those next best yeah off, off the back of dubai you'd have to tip new zealand to top that pool again their their forms pretty unreal and, and they've shown even when their backs are bring- up against the wall, they can they can pull ninety meter tries out out of nowhere, and and then for second, it's probably probably a bit of a, a tougher pick here. You'd on paper you'd probably pick Russia to, to sit in that second spot, but the way Fiji played in in Dubai and the way they they were happy to throw the ball around and play Fiji style footy, a lot of those a lot of defensive structures really didn't know how to how to shut that down across the park, and Fiji found themselves with you know having a couple of 
overlap opportunities on the edge. They they didn't necessarily have the pace to finish against you know some of the against the the top four teams, but I think against Russia and South Africa they might have a fair amount of success opening the game up and and getting some pretty pretty exciting scores. So yeah, I, I really enjoyed watching Fiji. They as you as you say, I like that you said they play that Fijian style of footy. They've really bought into that. You know, we like to throw the ball around. Let's keep the ball off the deck. And yes, lacking a little bit of speed, but it kind of doesn't matter for them because they're trying to bust up the middle of the field and and create opportunities through through their support play. So, like on their day, I can see them knocking anyone off. Yeah. And and you know, if if you do have an off game, you really don't want it to be against Fiji because because you actually don't get a lot of opportunities to turn the ball over. You ha- you have to rely on them to drop it because they really like to throw those offloads. So if we move, I guess to Pool B, I, you'd have you'd have to pick Canada to top that pool given their last their last round of form, and then France probably a little bit unlucky uh, not to not to make the the semi uh, yeah the semifinals having knocked off New Zealand in the pools. So another team that's in my view capable of of beating anyone on their day, and and you know given that they beat the eventual champion. I think they put the rest of the, the tournament on notice or the rest of the series on notice because they've shown that that sort of big abrasive style of footy can really soften them up through the middle and create space for those big fast girls on the edge. Definitely. And I think both Canada and France defensively, the, their line speed and aggressiveness in defence, which we've touched on a little bit, you know, is, is really putting them in good stead to, to make it hard for other teams to attack and score on them. So when they do get the ball... You know that there are a lot more opportunities for them for them to attack, and really, really effective at the breakdown. Like yeah. they love yeah. to have a crack at the ball, and if it's if it's there's even half a sniff, they'll just dive not dive in, but they'll go in and try and retrieve it, and and also really good at recycling. Yeah. So again, you don't get a lot of opportunities to be successful against them because they hang onto the ball, and if you're even half a second late in support, they'll they'll either slow your ball down or force a penalty or or force a turnover. So. Yeah, they're another team that's pretty exciting. And then Pool C, uh, who are you picking? Yeah, Pool C is a, a tough one. I, I, you know, obviously USA knocked us off in in the bronze medal match in Dubai, so we'll we'll probably have to put them in in that first seed, and then Australia, number two. Uh, but but then again, with Eng- England and Ireland, you know, if, if England turn up and, and play the style of footy that we know they can play, they're, they're a chance to to sneak into that top top two as well. Yeah, that England and Ireland, another. You know, pretty disapp- I think they should be disappointed. You know, Ireland looked pretty good in patches and have have looked pretty good in patches. And I think if they play the the footy, we know they can play. Again, they can beat some of these top four teams, as can England. So you know, you'd expect them to come out pretty hard, given I suspect they're pretty disappointed with with the last round. So you know, we. We can't afford USA Australia can't afford to have an off game against either of those teams. They really need to put them away and then and focus on 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 each game at a time. Yeah. All right. So our top six: New Zealand, Russia, Canada, France, USA, Australia. There's two spots left in the quarters. What do you think? Yeah, in Pool A, given we we discussed Russia and Fiji, if we if we give Russia the the second spot, you'd We'd assume Fiji'd finish in the third spot with probably some decent points. So, and then in Pool B, I was really impressed with the way Spain attacked in Dubai. You know, they played with a lot of flair and and shifted the ball 
and really back themselves in attack. And if they can get sort of that, that 14 minutes of, of attack down pattern, maybe, you know, seven minutes of, of good quality defense, I think they can they can have a pretty decent tournament in Cape Town and probably finish in that, that second second best third place spot. And then, you know, I know you're sort of tipping Ireland to have a pretty decent crack in Pool C and, and maybe challenge Fiji and Spain for the, those best third place spots. Yeah, well, you know, the Australian coaches spent so much time developing the Irish girls out here playing in the Aon yes, series. Yes, Bond University. <laughs> it'd be uh, it'd be pretty disappointing uh, to see them not crack that top eight. And as we know from them, they are a side that is capable of beating anyone on their day. You've just got to hope that they have two good days. And then, you know, with the with the Spanish women, I yeah, I totally agree with you. I thought they were really, really good. Uh, in 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 Dubai, and they they seem to be starting, you know, instinct more instinctive with the way they play. So it seems like they've they've obviously been playing a little bit longer, more more high quality reps under their belt. They're starting to make good decisions in attack, and then if we can see them make the jump, you know, with those that decision making from attack and and apply that to their defense, you know, they're they're another team that by the end of this World Series and potentially leading into the Olympics, could be one of those bogey teams that perhaps you know upsets the New Zealand Australia Canada France Australia you know in a, in a knockout game so yeah I think I think uh, it's pretty exciting for them and I, and so if we look at it I'll I'll back I'll back you and we'll say pressure <laughs> we'll say uh, so New Zealand will play Spain so New Zealand as the first place uh, finisher from the last tournament play that second third place finisher. Canada will play Fiji, USA will play Russia, and Australia will play France. So looking at that top eight, we'll start with the New Zealand game and work our way down. Who are you tipping in that game? Obviously, you're going to have to go with New Zealand there. And coming out of the coming out of the pool games, they may not have had a real test, so it might actually be an opportunity for someone like Spain to, to potentially knock them off, but... That you know they'd also be fully aware of that, and and they usually step up from from pool pool games to quarters. So, yeah, I'd be expecting New Zealand to to knock Spain off by, by you know, sixteen odd points. Um, and then moving down to Canada, Fiji. I think the way they played last week, def- especially defensively, I think they're they're probably one of it. You know, one or two teams that could could nullify the way Fiji keep the ball off the deck. And really move it around. You know, Canada play with seven girls up aggressively in the line, and, and are all defensive weapons. And and they, and they really like to get into those offload channels. Yeah, that's yeah. That's but, one thing you see them doing a lot of. So that, as you say, it might negate a lot of what of of what Fiji are trying to do. Yeah, exactly. And I think with with the experience of Ben and, and Landry against some of those young up and comers that the Fiji have got in the quarterfinal, you you would expect Canada to to knock them off. Yeah, it's actually worth noting that Canada, in terms of caps, like World Series caps, they're the most experienced team on the circuit. So it's, you know, they they've obviously got a group that they're they're really happy with, and and are, and are starting to perform. You know, they had a top four finish last year, um, little slow to start this year in Glendale, but then sort of came roaring back in 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 round two. So, yeah, agree there. Then if we move down to the USA Russia game, it's it's obviously going to be hard. For the Russians to beat the US, um, just just because of their style of play, they're very big, very physical. They'll probably play that sort of through the middle 
middle style of footy where they recycle a lot of ball in the middle of the field until they get Russia to compress and then yeah. they'll play they'll play to the edges. I notice Russia don't often play with the sweeper. So they're trying to they'll they'll be trying to compress the defense and then and then give Naya and, and those girls on the yeah. edge a bit of space. And I think it's interesting probably to note as well that, that Russia are really successful against some of the bottom teams playing a very similar style to the US. Yeah. But I don't think they, they have the players or the you know the, the top end skill to to compete with USA at, at their own game so yeah and and I guess you know part of that is is the size and physicality yeah. particularly at the breakdown the the US now really pride themselves on on being a menace at the breakdown and they've got those big girls in the middle who'll just hit them you know e- even if they know they're not going to win it they'll just give them a, a bit of a nudge a bit of a hit just to disrupt the ball and and we actually saw Russia struggle a little bit with that at the breakdown in that in their quarterfinal so yeah, I think it's going to be tough for them to beat the USA. But, you know, we've been wrong before, Jimbo. Yeah, we're wrong again. <laughs> and then in that last one, uh, Australia-France, this this is this is probably going to be a, an awesome game of footy. Two sort of contrasting styles of footy in that Australia likes to play a little bit wider, you know, really work in those wide channels and manipulate that sort of centre defender, the, the girl one in from the edge, while the French play a very similar style to the USA, which we've seen Australia struggle with so far um, in playing a very direct brand of footy down the middle of the field, compressing the defence and then and then working to the edge. Yeah, and I think France, we've, we mentioned it when we were talking about the pools, they're, they've got that very similar defensive style to Canada and the US. They're, they're up really hard and they're in your face. So, you know, if, if Australia don't play with a little bit more depth to really give themselves the opportunity to, to get to the edge and, and create those attacking um, opportunities down down the wing, then we are really going to struggle against those big bodies of, of the French through the middle. Yeah, and I, and I think what I'd like to see a little bit too from Australia is when when they are getting pressed like that in defence is is to have some of those you know strong ball carriers, your Rhiannon Byers, your Shani Williams, who you know enjoys this style of carry, just to take a really hard carry, get a little bit of go forward, and and go from there. I think a couple of times, especially against Canada, Australia wanted to flatten right up and play out the line, which is fine as long as we're getting go forward from the carry. And it 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 actually turned out often to be Maddie Ashby taking that carry when you'd probably prefer her to be the player on the next, you know, first receiver yeah. on the next, playing off the back of that line bend. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. So. All right, so that that gives us a final four where New Zealand will play Australia and USA will play Canada. So a, a, an identical top four to to the last uh, to the last round, but you'd probably expect that given how close these these rounds are. Um, you'd, you'd probably expect most of these teams to carry their form on. So if we look at that New Zealand Australia game, who's your who's your red hot tip? Well, given we didn't didn't play in Dubai, I'm still back on my. Australia by 60. And Hannaway's going to get seven? Yeah. Shani to kick a drop goal <laughs> in game. <laughs> to win it. To win the match. Yeah, yeah. I like it. In extra time. 63 nil. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, good. And, and then, you know, on paper, you'd probably pick USA to beat Canada. But as we saw in Dubai, you know, Canada play are playing well above their weight at the moment. And coming as you said, coming off the back of the Dubai form, with such a short turnaround into Cape Town, you have to expect Canada to, to be at a similar level. So I think that'll be a really interesting game as well. But, you know, I'll probably have to tip tip the US. I think they were probably a little bit disappointed not being in that in that gold medal final, and I think they'll be pretty keen to get back to the top. Yeah, I agree with you, mate. I think USA are going to be really difficult to, to knock off, and, and Canada 
while playing decent footy and, and you know, you'd hope that form carries through. They probably just lack um, a little bit of top-end speed to, to beat the USA um, and and probably maybe a little bit in the middle of the field in terms of that physicality. You know, the, the USA might just, just have a little bit much for them in the middle. So, so if we... If we if we think with our hearts, we're saying Australia are going to play USA again. Yeah. So for the for the third the third successive tournament in our hearts, yep. Australia are going to play the USA. That's it. Love it. Third time lucky. Third time lucky. I'm feeling it. We'll nail it this time. That's it. And then in that game, who's your pick? Yeah. As much as I'd love to say Australia, I think we've we've got another level to get to if we want to be knocking New Zealand. And the US off in that you know in that gold medal game, um, we showed in patches we could really do it in attack, and I think we we probably have one of the best attacking sides on the circuit. But I think one thing Johnny will be working really hard on this week is is locking down that defensive discipline. Mm. You know they, they've got the individually they've got the defensive skills, and we probably have some of the best defenders on the circuit as well. But the way we we worked a seven across the park defensively at, at times was a bit was a bit poor. Yeah, we, um, we kind of fell into that habit, that bad habit of sometimes tracking across field rather than up the field or, yeah. or you know, I guess diagonally, so towards the towards the attacker. There was a couple of times, especially against Canada, where we, cre- we created space on the inside because we were running towards the sideline rather than running up the field. So yeah. I think I think that's going to be a, a, a huge point of emphasis leading in. You know, they've, they've shown the attack. The breakdown was pretty good. Yeah. But if we can jump another level defensively, I think Australia is going to be tough to beat. Yeah, and, and I think with, with that defensive style against those that you spoke about, with against those bigger sides, if we are passive and not getting up off the line hard and, and turning our hips out, then we're really going to struggle on that inside shoulder against big dominant yeah. ball carriers. And especially if we're playing with a sweeper, you know, we need to be getting up off the line and taking that space away, forcing them to try and play yeah. a yeah. ball over the top. If we're passive with our line speed, you know, we're already one down in the line, so yeah. it's going to create... It's going to create opportunities on the edge for Naya Tapper, for Lev Kelter. You know, if she gets if she gets out yeah, there, and they're all girls that are going to going to keep their one on one defender pretty honest and keep her in tight and actually preserve the space that we have left them on the edge because the US do attack. You know, like Canada, running onto the ball really hard, and if we do just slide out, they will beat us on the inside. Yep. So, look, I, I I'm still back in Australia. I think we're going to make a jump. You know, we there's a couple of so we must apologise, actually, because we don't have any team lists yet. It is Thursday afternoon and they haven't released the team list yet, but it looks like there's going to be a couple of changes. So Tonegato got swapped out for Demi Hayes uh, late in Dubai, so you, you probably assume that she's out. And then I actually saw a photo on Instagram of Vani Polite in a boot. Um, so I don't know whether that was a, an injury she picked up in Dubai or at training or what. So, And we also know that... Jakaya Whitfield and, and Yasmin. yeah, Yasmin have have flown over to to South Africa, so it'll be interesting to see how those changes how work. Shapes, yeah. yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm backing them. I'm backing them to to have made those adjustments during the week. A couple of impact players coming in. I think it's going to be good. Shani Williams with a hat trick in the final. Yeah, for sure, and a drop goal. Yeah, she's going to double up on the drop goals. drop goals. She's going to hit one against New Zealand, then she's going to hit another Back one just up. just for Jimbo yeah. against USA. Yeah. All right, so. As I said, it's a big show. The other thing we've got happening this weekend is the World Schools Nationals or World Schools Championships, rather, 
in New Zealand. But before we talk about that, let's have a quick talk about the uh, Junior Nationals. Junior National Sevens Championships happened on the Sunshine Coast at Dolphin Stadium two weeks ago. Uh, in the women's in the women's game, the Queensland won, came away with the championship. New South Wales won, uh, came second, and WA came third. So, pretty nice sort of spread of of uh, of teams there. And you know, it's I think it's a credit to if you, if you look at if you look at all the all three of those teams, a lot of A on series girls. Yeah. So it's a it's a real uh, you know it's a real credit to the. I guess the pathways coaches there who who are pushing them up to the A on team, and then also you know to the obviously the girls deserve a huge amount of credit having you know being so young and putting in so much work and performing so well on the uh, on the A on series, and then backing that up and and carrying that over into into a junior a junior environment. It's interesting talking to a couple of guys um, who've been involved, you know, Super Rugby players who've been involved in the under twenty space. They find it's really hard sometimes to carry that professionalism from Super Rugby back down into an under-20s tournament because just because of the types of, of players and athletes and, and, and the limited time you get together. So it is it is really good to see, you know, a lot of this form that these girls showed and the Aon Series carry over into a into a junior, junior sevens tournament. And I think it, it really raised the level of that tournament. It was some really, really impressive footy being played across the park. Yeah, and I think you could... You could definitely see skill-wise and, and the way the game was played. Those teams that had a lot of Aon girls in and, and those teams that, that didn't. Yeah. yeah. So with that in mind, they have picked uh, a side of 14 girls to to travel to New Zealand. So I'm going to have a crack at reading them out. There are some interesting um, handwriting going on here. So My apologies. <laughs> Jovi taught me how to handwrite. <laughs> so... Uh, the team consists of Isabella Nasser, who played for UQ and Queensland, Bien Tarita, who played for UTS and New South Wales, Cassie to- Tohihiki Hiku, who played for New South Wales, Jamie Chapman, played for UTS and New South Wales, Caitlin Shave from Queensland, Sydney Taylor from Queensland and UQ, Ella Ryan from UC and the ACT, Lily Murdoch from UC and New South Wales, Tiana Rashford-Smith from Griffith, and Queensland, Piper Duck from the University of Sydney and New South Wales, Ruben Sherrington from UWA and obviously uh, Western Australia, Faith Monera from Queensland, and Tegan and Madison Levi from Queensland and also from the AFLW Academy. So congratulations to those girls. I think that's uh, you know really impressive. It's an awesome opportunity now to to play. Uh, against some of the best teams in the world. So they're going to get an opportunity to play against... Uh, so in their pool, the Australian pool, they have the New Zealand Maori, the Rugby Academy Fiji, and... <laughs> I still can't read his writing. Uh, and Niue. So, you know, they're going to get an opportunity to play against some pretty impressive teams. So, look, we'll have a look at each of the pools. So there's four pools. There's 16 teams. Um from various parts of the world. So in Pool E, we have New Zealand, First Nations, the Cook Islands, and Fiji. Uh, Pool F, we just spoke about. Pool G, we have the New Zealand Dutch, Tonga, BC Elite Canada. So I'm assuming that's British Columbia. The 
Aussie Seahawks, who are uh, run out of the Central Coast Academy, so that's an Aussie development side. Uh, Japan, Samoa, the Marco Sevens, and the New Zealand Fijians. All right, so let's look at these pools and knowing knowing a little bit about these teams, but not a lot, see if we can try and pick, you know, like we did uh, with Dubai and Cape Town. Let's try and pick a top eight. Yeah, so we get... Uh, the top two teams from each pool will qualify. So let's start with Pool E. Who are you picking to come out of Pool E? Pretty hard to go past New Zealand um, in, in Pool E and then as, as that number one seed. And then I think without knowing a whole lot about the Cook Islands and, and Fiji, you know, Fiji could be certainly a pretty exceptionally exciting team in attack. But I've gone with the First Nations side given that we know they they are pretty stacked with some some young talent. Um, yeah, a few, a few girls... Um, in Aon Series programs, and and a few got an opportunity to play with that senior First Nations team um, at Darwin and at Western, Western Sydney. Sydney. Yep. So yep. we know a little bit about them, and I think yeah, they're going to be they're going to be a pretty exciting side. They're probably another team that'll throw the ball around a bit and and play edge to edge. Yep. And we know that they've got a bit of speed out there. So yeah, I think I think yeah, you probably nailed that pool. So if we look at Pool F, um, I think Australia will come out on top there. And then, again, not knowing a whole lot about uh, New A and the, and the Rugby um, Academy out of Fiji, you'd think the New Zealand Maori side would probably be the next, the next cab off the rank there. Yeah. Um, especially with you know, New Zealand in, in the junior space now playing that Ignite Sevens, um, which is a... For those of you who don't know, is a national competition similar similar to what we have here, where each each of these athletes gets um, assigned to a to an ignite team. So rather than being associated with a with a rugby province or a state sporting org or a university, they're they're just an ignite team. It's funded co-funded by New Zealand Rugby and uh, Red Bull. So you'd think uh, you know they they probably had you know, maybe six or seven games under their belt, potentially not together. So it might take them a couple of games to, to figure it out as a group, but, you know, plenty of footy under their belt. And I imagine there's, there's a fair few of these Maori girls that were pretty close to, to making the NZ side anyway. So you'd have to expect them to be, to be pretty handy. Yeah, agreed. All right. And then Paul G, what are you thinking? Yeah, Paul, Paul G and Paul H were, were tough ones that we we don't know much about a lot of these teams. We obviously... Coming all the way from Canada, the the British Columbia, British Columbia elite Canadian side, um, yeah, we've tipped to finish finish in that one spot, and then probably backing the the Sydney Coast Seahawks, as you mentioned, being that unofficial Australian development side as well. They've they've got a number of girls who who are in and around that that Aon space, and so we've tipped them to finish second over the New Zealand Dutch side and and the Tongan side. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see how that. Seahawks team comes together, you know, yeah. and not not a lot of those girls have played much footy together, but there's a lot of talent in there and and some pretty exciting young players and you know a few players who were probably really close to making that Australian junior team have decided to jump in and 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 have a crack with the with the Seahawks. So you know, I guess a, a subplot there is that some of those girls have a little bit to prove and they'll probably want to really put on some good performances in front of the junior national team coaches. Yeah, and I think that's probably an exciting thing for the for the Seahawks coaches is he doesn't have to do a lot 
in terms of getting the players up up to the skill level. He just needs to be able to manage manage them seven on the park at a time and, and manage the twelve. Yes, yeah, and then uh, finally, pool H. It's uh, an interesting pool again, given we don't know a lot about any of these teams, but um, we've got the New Zealand Fijians uh, coming out on top uh, again for the reasons we mentioned with the Maoris, uh, in that they've probably played a fair bit of footy, and there might be a couple of those girls who were pretty close to making the senior team or the the national team, sorry. And then looking uh, at the other two, Samoa, Marco, Sevens and Japan, I, I think Japan's probably going to be the tip there given, you know, the the, the amount of investment and time uh, the, that Japanese rugby is now putting into Sevens. This is probably the first group of girls that'll have, you know, three, four, maybe five years worth of experience. So I think... If, if watching their, their senior women's team is anything to go by, they'll play at an incredibly frantic pace, which is maybe something that, that the Samoans um, and, and the Marcos and, and even the New Zealanders may not have seen quite at that pace. And if those passes stick, if they can recycle some ball, you know, they might, they might, uh, they might be a team to be reckoned with in this, yeah. in this tournament. I think they're probably, if, if we're looking at dark horse sides, they're potentially at the, at the top of that list in terms of, we, we know the Japanese system is quality and, and there is a whole lot of development in that space. And so, you know, we are sort of expecting Japan to, to come out pretty hot and, and have some pretty handy skills. Yeah, so given given our picks, we've got New Zealand and First Nations coming out of Pool E. We've got Australia and the New Zealand Marys coming out of Pool F. We've got the New Zealand... Uh, sorry, the British Columbia Elite and the Aussie Seahawks coming out of Pool G. And then out of Pool H, we've picked the Fijians, New Zealand Fijians, and Japan. So if we look at that first game in the quarters, that pits New Zealand against Japan. So what do you think? You know, as, as we touched on, Japan, a bit of an un, unknown side and potentially a dark horse of the competition. But given, given the depth of, of New Zealand and, and the amount of teams they have, they have in it and the Ignite Sevens, you'd have to expect the NZ side to be pretty red hot at the moment. So, yeah, you'd, you'd tip them. Yeah, I, I tend to agree, and you know, for for all the reasons we mentioned before, Japan, you know, potentially could could cause an upset here. But yeah, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty hard to go against that that New Zealand team, especially when you consider, I believe they have entered four four teams in this in this series, so uh, they no doubt have a fair bit of depth. So then, if we if we look at the second quarter, we've got the New Zealand Fijians against the First Nations. So who do you think's coming out of that game? Yeah, I think it's a really tough one. Obviously, we know the way Fijians notoriously want to play the game of sevens. It's incredibly exciting and, and ball off the deck and really moving around. And a lot of the, the First Nations girls really like to play that similar style and and are also really physical, both both with their ball carries and defensively. So I think this has, has the chance to be probably the most exciting quarterfinal game. I actually think this could be an old-fashioned shootout, like a 35-34, 35-32 kind of game. Yeah. Just because of the way they're going to they're going to want to keep the ball off the deck, they're going to want to play to the to the space on the edge. They're going to play with a lot of speed, a lot of flair. I think maybe there's not a lot of defense getting played uh in this game just because they're going to be because the ball's going to be moving so quickly. So yeah, I think that, that has the potential to be one of the the better games of the of this of the series, and it's I guess in a way a shame that it's probably going to be in the quarters. Yeah, but given that 
that we're backing Australia here. We'll, we'll tip First Nations with Jenna Lee Conroy to, to score a hat-trick. Yeah, Jenna Lee. All right, and then in the third quarter, we have uh, Australia playing against the Seahawks of the Central Coast. Another game that I think is going to be really exciting for the reasons we mentioned, that the, a few of those Seahawks girls have got a bit to prove and, and you know potentially this is going to be the stage that they're going to get to do it where they're going to have their, uh, you know, the, the, the coaching staff that overlooked them for national team selection. They're going to be looking at them. They're going to be... They're going to be pretty fired up. Yeah, and I think defensively Australia is going to you know have to be on notice because these these Seahawk girls are really going to want to want to prove that they've got what it takes. And and I think given that they've had they'll have had three pool games to to play together, I think their attack will, will probably be be pretty down pat, and they'll be playing some pretty red hot footy. So if Australia can defend, you know, defend well, they've obviously got the players to to do it. But yeah, and then if we if we move if we move on now to the last. Uh, the last quarter that has the BC elite from Canada against the New Zealand Maori. So we don't know a lot about th- these two teams, but who's who's your pick coming out of coming out of that game? I mean, similarly to Japan, I think the BC elite team out of Canada is probably, you know, obviously going to have pretty pretty good skills given the Can- Canadian program is, is pretty good at the moment. There is a lot of money in that development space, but. Again, as, as we mentioned with the Ignite Sevens and, and the amount of depth New Zealand have, you have to imagine these New Zealand Maori girls are, are pretty quality. Um, and, and as we also touched on, a lot of them are probably pretty close to making that New Zealand first side. So, yeah, I have to back New Zealand Maori here. But again, I think this has the, the chance to be quite an exciting game. Yeah, yeah. And potentially, you know, two, two kind of similar styles of footy. The, the Maoris traditionally... I guess in the 15s game, we haven't really seen much um, sevens from them, but traditionally, you know, like are very physical, like yeah. like to like to have a contest at the breakdown, but in the same vein, also very skillful. They'll throw the ball around, you know, they might put some kicks through that that sort of thing. Where and I think Canada are fairly similar. They'll probably be a, a pretty physical team, um, but as you mentioned, given given the investment in, into rugby sevens over there at the moment, um, probably fairly skillful as well, and and probably. Similar to that Japanese group, another group where it's probably the first sort of crop of girls coming through who've had three or four years w- with rugby experience. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that all shakes out. All right, so if we look at the semi-final. We, we've got New Zealand playing First Nations and we've got Australia playing against the New Zealand Maori. So let's look at that first game. Who's your tip from that New Zealand First Nations game? It, yeah, obviously First Nations... Pretty exciting team, um, and it'll have pr- plenty of attacking flair. But as we mentioned, in the quarters, you know there may not be a lot of defensive structure and defensive discipline. So you know you'd have to expect over fourteen minutes New Zealand to probably have the wood on them. Yeah, I think you'd expect again New Zealand to have a, lo- a fair amount of defensive structure and discipline, and and you know through that ignite sevens having plenty of games under their belt. So I think they are going to be pretty tough to beat. Throughout the tournament, but especially you know, come the back end, um, you know, with the First Nations side, they probably haven't spent a lot of time together. I think they, you know, maybe had a three or four day camp prior to leaving, and 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 then a couple of days training over there. So I think it's, yeah, it's it's going to be difficult for them to to mesh and and peak at the right time. Whereas you'd expect New Zealand to be really priming priming for that. So 
Yeah, so we'll tip New Zealand to go through there. Unfortunately, it'll be it'll be awesome to see an all all Australian uh, final in a rugby game, but it happens. Yep. And then if we look at the the second semi, we have Australia playing the New Zealand Marys. So who's your pick in that one? Yeah, again, New Zealand Marys are going to be pretty quality, and and as you you touched on, they they're going to play a pretty physical style of footy and and carry up the middle and and be quite aggressive. And I think. You know, Australia defensively should should be able to contain that, and then given the the attacking players that we have, you know, and, and the depth from the Allen series that that we've got, I, re- I really think Australia will be able to move them around, create the space on the edge, and then you know turn them around in the middle as well. Yeah, and I think you'd expect that Australian team to be conditioned for a bit of contact, yeah. as you, as you mentioned, having a fair bit of experience on the Allen series with the vast majority of those girls being. Valuable and regular contributors to, to Aon yeah. Series teams, and, you know, and yeah, obviously used to playing a lot of a lot of women rather than playing schoolgirls. You know, yeah. they, they're used to playing those big bodies, and you know, a lot of these girls that were you know dropping girls like Mahalia Murphy and Varney and even Eva Carpani. You know, yeah. so I think taking on the the bigger players is is no longer, a, you know, yeah, it's no longer a, a a mental block for them. They're not concerned about size and weight and strength and all of that because they've now done it some of them for two years but the majority of them for at least a season and and then you know put a few of them also getting plenty of reps with their with their clubs against women so yeah you'd expect that you know mental hurdle in terms of size and physicality wouldn't be wouldn't be as big and and you know we know that they're very skillful we know that they've got pace and now when you couple that with a bit of defensive structure and discipline and some some hardness to them you yeah. know i think it it Makes for a, a pretty tough side to beat. All right, so Australia's going through. So that means in the final, which you know, looking at the four pools, this is kind of this isn't a, a, a this isn't unexpected. You, you'd think Australia and New Zealand would get the opportunity to play in the grand final there. Um, so who do you think, knowing what we know, who do you think who's your tip? Yeah, I, I think this is going to be a pretty. Pretty exciting final, not maybe not in terms of, of score, but in terms of the way the game's played defensively. They're, they're obviously both great defensive sides, and we know that the girls across both teams are going to be able to compete physically. So I think it'll be a pretty low-scoring game, you know, around the 12-10, 15-10 sort of mark. Um, obviously, my, my heart's tipping Australia, given we've seen a lot of these girls compete and compete at the Aon level against girls who are now playing for Australia on the, on the World Series. And I think that's... That's a really exciting thing, and I think what Parkov and Nath have done with getting these youth girls sort of out of their academy programs and, and into the Aon program will probably pay a lot of dividends um, back here in the in the Australian youth side. Yeah, and it looks like when you look at that side, it looks like they've picked girls who've played in their position groups together. So if you look at you know Murdoch and 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 Ryan, they they played in the halves for UC. If you look at um, those UTS girls, you know, that there's a centre and an edge there as well as a couple of forwards. So it, it, they seem to have picked a side that is going to complement each other and, and, and play well, you know, in those groups of two and three. So it's, it's yeah, I think it's really exciting. And, and I think, yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. I think, I think Australia are going to come out on top there. Just given, you know, I know we, we did mention the Ignite Sevens, but just given the amount of football that these girls have now played, not all as a group, but 
as as smaller groups, I think you know starting way back in in March with their with their club sevens and club fifteens commitments, moving into an Aon series where they most of these girls got an opportunity to play four Aon series tournaments against some of the best players in Australia and and some of the best players in the world, and then um, another really high quality uh, junior nationals sevens. I think yeah, I just think that I guess the the amount of football and, and, and the hardness is, is going to be too much for New Zealand. And I think the other interesting thing to mention is is it because they've been playing a whole lot of football and a whole lot of high quality football, they've got a whole you know, they've got a large quantity of high footy reps. The the IQ of these girls for the age that they are is is unbelievable and, and the way they're they're gonna be able to handle the the really tough moments of a final and and ID those those small one percent opportunities that they can exploit into into little wins, which will then build into hopefully a you know a gold medal win. I think really holds them in good stead to, to be successful throughout the tournament and yeah, and hopefully take home the gold. Yeah, I, I I agree. I think yeah, I think it's a it's an exciting time for Australian sevens in the in the women's space and 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 in the world too. You know, they're looking at the teams who've travelled from from around the world here. That there seems to be. You know the talent pool seems to be growing, and and countries and and national sporting bodies are really pumping resourcing and funding in into these programs to make sure they're run correctly. So it's really exciting time, and yeah, I think you know I'm I'm pretty pretty excited to get an opportunity to watch these girls. And for those of you listening at home, uh, these games will be broadcast on Fox Sports and on KO Sports and on some weird sideline app that I've never heard of. So I'd probably just focus on the first two that I said. The first game for the Australian girls is at 8.20 and then they basically play every two hours after that. So that's 8.20 Australian Eastern Eastern Daylight Savings Time. So if you're in Queensland, 7.20 or whatever you guys do up there, just work it out for yourself. So <laughs> thanks again to uh, thecover.com.au. So uh, have, a, have a look at the website. You can listen to all our podcasts. You can read... All my articles. James hasn't gotten around to writing one yet because he's from Tasmania and and lacks um, English. Yeah, that. Yep. And then uh, also a big thank you to you, James, for doing this with me. A big thank you to Mum and Dad for listening, and also James O'Keefe. Yeah, sorry, sorry we couldn't get you on the show today, mate. Well, um, yeah, we'll get you on next week. All right. So I'm about to drop that CJ beat. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next week. We're actually going to have uh, Nathan McMahon on the show, who is the assistant coach for the junior national team. So that'll be pretty exciting. We'll be able to talk to him about uh, what happened, and and hopefully he'll have a he'll have a a, a gold medal for the girls uh, around their neck. So thanks again, and CJ dropped that beat on him. Sit on the moon.